Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's episode number 27 of the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Glad to be with you today on a very special episode because not only is for all you podcasters out there, however you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, through the WGR website, however that is, but also little video added. Now, to be honest with you, I try not to have myself on video too much because I'm not, you know, I have a face for radio as people say, but the two guys I'm bringing on much different story for them. And big reason why I'm doing that today. And if you are watching on the uh, zoom that I've recorded and I've uploaded to YouTube or wherever else you can see them for yourself. And of course the man on the bottom of your screen, if you're watching that way is a guy that a lot of, you know, we've talked before in the radio a lot. His name is Del Reed from 26 shirts. Del, how you doing today, buddy? My man, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to not talk sports with you. This is going to be fun. <laughs> no problem. And the other man we have on is someone Dell suggested. I just met tonight, but I'm glad I did. And that is Josiah Leroy. And uh, Josiah is, he runs what's called the Geekiverse, which is why we brought him on today because we got, we are talking Star Wars. So what, what a better guy to someone who runs something called the Geekiverse to talk about Star Wars, Josiah. Thanks, man. Hey, Sal. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. All right. So guys, uh, before we do anything, I figured it was very apropos if we just started this way. There we go. Hold on. Now, see, now it's not going to work. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast, talking Star Wars, all things Star Wars, for a very big reason. And that is... During quarantine life, I have decided to go back and watch every Star Wars film with my six-year-old son, Max, to introduce him to the Star Wars franchise. I did this, I talked about it, and then I made the mistake of ranking the films after doing <laughs> Because as soon as you do that, you get attacked even more so than the clones come for you in the Star Wars franchise. So that's why we're talking today with both Dell and Josiah. Yes, a little bit cheesy there, but it's going to be fun. We're going to have a really good time here. And I want to talk about Star Wars with you guys. And that's exactly true. So let me first tell you my experience with Star Wars. And I want you guys to tell me yours and tell the listeners yours and, and why we're here today together. I grew up loving Star Wars when I was a kid. I mean, you know, I'm a 70s baby. I was born in 73. And by the time that Star Wars came out, I was at that, that age where, you know, I was really this was in my wheelhouse. I could start watching these things. I didn't understand it necessarily, but it was Star Wars and lightsabers. And I had all of the action figures. I can't believe if I still had them today, they'd be worth a lot of money, right? Thousands of dollars. But I mean, we had the Death Star and we had the Millennium Falcon and all that. I really loved it. You know, watched all the, uh, watched the first three. And then several years later, they come out with the next one, which would be episode one, I guess, right? And that's the first prequel. And to be quite honest with you guys, 
like I just never got into it. I never cared to watch it. By that time, I was really into sports a lot and playing. And I know that, you know, I still kind of saw it on the outside, like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, that'd be cool to watch. Never made an appointment to go watch it at the theater at home. And by the time then episode two comes out and episode three, now I'm kind of behind. It's like, eh, I haven't watched one. What am I going to do? Why am I going to watch two? I never really decided to catch up. I've always wanted to. And then the latest three episodes come out, the, 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 the trilogy. And I kept saying to myself, I should go back and watch. I should go back and watch. Years later, finally, I decided to do that. And I'm really glad I did because I finally caught up on everything. But I'm certainly not hardcore like both of you guys, which is why I wanted to have you on to talk about these things. So Josiah, tell us about your experience with the Star Wars franchise and then how you are into it now. Yeah, I uh, I know, Sale, you mentioned beforehand, um, maybe the quarantine spurred on some of this and watching it uh, with your son. My dad took me to the theater uh, for the 97 uh, special editions. So 1997, they re-released the original trilogy. I was six years old or so. My dad was like, hey, you want to go see Star Wars? I said, sure. Um, and honestly, I was hooked from the moment I saw it, uh, the moment the, the crawl came across the screen. Um, so I was at a really good age uh, for probably who the prequels, so episodes one, two, and three were geared towards. And I have such a different opinion. So many people really have different opinions all over the place on on Star Wars and and where they would rank them, as is, is we'll see on this episode, I'm sure, with the three of us. Um, and so by the time uh, The Force Awakens came out in 2015, when Disney took over, I was completely ecstatic. Um, I was as high as I could be on my, my geekdom uh, kind of fan base. So... Star Wars is is my number one kind of go to when it comes to anything pop culture. I you know I love my my share of sports and diehard Sabres fan and this and that, but um, when it comes to this, I, I Star Wars has always been the the thing. How about you, Dell? How'd you get into it, and where is your level of fandom now? So um, much like you, I was born in the seventies, nineteen seventy five, so just a couple years behind you. So as long as I can remember, Star Wars has been around, um, and. I had all the toys growing up. I think I had all but eight figures, you know, when they, you know, had released them all. So I would, like, like you, you know, if I had half of those, geez, you know, where would I be now? But uh, I did rescue a bunch from my parents' attic about 15 years ago um, for my kids. And now they play with them. And so what the toys that I beat up, they beat up further. So, um, but yeah, so it's always been a part. It's actually one of the first dates I ever went on with my wife. She was wearing a Star Wars uh, baseball cap. And I never shared that interest with her because I was, you know, you don't really share that with girls when you're trying to, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I want to Star Wars. No, but, um, and so she's wearing a Star Wars hat. I'm like, that's really sweet. Like, I, I, that's a great hat. Like, I, you know, I'd love to, you know, more than our second date, but like, I'd love to, you know, I borrow that. I'd love to wear She's like, no, 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 no. This is my Star Wars hat. Like, you don't, I was like, oh, she's a keeper. So I proposed not far out, you know, after that. But, um, but yeah, no. So it's been a really, you know, uh, it, what's fun about Star Wars conversations is that for those of us that have grown up with it, um, all of us in our own way, just different time, you know, time periods with Josiah, um, it means something different to all of us. Every character, every movie means something different. It's such a personal thing. It's not just some movie franchise. It's like a part of our lives. Um, and so just like you, you know, your son's six, when my oldest daughter was five and my younger daughter, she was, a, she was three at the time, but I was like, I can't wait any longer. So I introduced them to the movies and uh, I always say that my proudest moment as a father was holding that secret that Darth Vader was Luke's father, you know, <laughs> keeping that a secret so that when they experienced Empire awesome. Strikes Back for the first time, they were like, 
you know, like my, my five-year-old, her mind was blown. And so that was like, I felt like that was mission accomplished. Like after that, anything I do as a father, any screw ups, I can always say, Hey, at least I kept that secret. from her. You know, it's funny because Max saw episode, geez, I have to do this the right way now. He saw episode three before anything else. Like it was just on TV one time and he's watching it. So he kind of knew about Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader, but he'd never seen anything. He didn't really know. And he knew who Darth Vader was, of course, but it never really, it, it kind of, it made it different for him in his own way watching it because even when we watched the original together, he kind of knew how Vader became Vader, right? Which I never even knew how Vader became <laughs> Vader. And he's six years old at that point. But that's what the big first question is I have for you guys. And really what I've asked a lot of people about even going into this, which is what order to watch these movies. And whoever you ask will have a different interpretation and way to go about this, depending on their own experience, I guess. And maybe it even depends on if you've already seen them all, what the best way is. For me, because I hadn't seen them, I said, I want to watch them in the order of release because I want to be like a new person growing up and watching these. So that's what I did. I watched them in the order of release. I started with A New Hope, episode four, and I went Empire and then Jedi, and then went to the prequels, one, two, three, and then I skipped. And then I went later on to Rogue One, by the way, which I know bridges a little bit of the gap there. So Del, what is your best advice about how you think people should watch Star Wars? I'm a big advocate for a release order in any franchise, whether you're talking about Star Wars or the Marvel movies, or um, even if you're reading through, say, like the, the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis, because um, those both of those, all three of those franchises jump around in different time spots and different people will tell you different places when to begin watching them. I think that it's always best to experience a franchise in the way the culture experienced it to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so there's certain things that are, are put in, say, episode one, two, or three of Star Wars that deliberately call back to episodes four, five, and six, um, whether it's, you know, directly or subtly. And, and that's the same with the Marvel movies, and it's the same with the Chronicles of Narnia books and everything. They, they, they call back to things that they assume that you're already aware of. And so to watch it in terms of, like, episode one, two, three, four, five, six, I think you lose a little bit of the magic that made society fall in love with the franchise to begin with. Do you agree, Josiah? Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like if, especially to a newcomer, I would recommend watching it in release order. I think that is the the best way to do it. Um, the magic's there, like Dell said. Um, it's funny, like any time uh, we'd get a new Star Wars movie. So over the last five years, that was five times now with uh, Solo and Rogue One mixed in there. I would always, when I would do a rewatch, I'd watch them uh, from the episodic number. So one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on and so forth. Um, and I do think the best way to do that is still, uh, especially for a, for a newcomer is to, to look at it that way. There was, um, before Disney got involved, something called machete order, which basically okay. it had you start with four and five, you know, so you just had the big reveal that, uh, Vader and Luke are connected. And then you go back, you skip episode one, cause there's arguably nothing relevant enough to the, the greater saga in that one. Uh, you go almost like a, a flashback to episodes two and three. And then you jump back to six, Return of the Jedi, having known essentially you go through the the shock of seeing Vader and Luke there, you know what Vader went through or Anakin in his journey to, to Vader. And then you see almost like what was at the time, the grand finale. So that's kind of fun too. Obviously there's many more movies, but it, for me, you can't go wrong. Do you, what about Rogue One? Um, do you recommend like I did watching it last or do you bridge the gap? Because it is something, it's very important. It really does to me tie into that. We'll talk about the movie and how great it was. I thought it was great too, but 
it does tie in a lot you know, and make you understand and help you understand, you know, really what happened when you go from the prequel, which would be episode three to episode four, which was the, a new hope. I, I mean, you could understand someone doing that, but I also think watching it the way I did and putting it last, because that's basically when it came out really helped. I think that's good. Um, it like rogue one was so special for a number of reasons, but having known what you get in a new hope and where everything's going rogue one is almost like the perfect prequel of sorts it's the mm-hmm. perfect part one to what is part two almost in a new hope i think it it made my appreciation of a new hope believe it or not even higher um so i especially see in the very end of rogue one i think it's the whole vader sequence there on the ship is one of my top five star wars moments ever yeah. just super exciting super thrilling to see vader kind of <laughs> finally mow down uh, some of his enemies there um uh, I, I think it, you did it right, Sal. Well, I'll tell you about that set, uh, scene itself. When I said on Twitter that I have to watch Rogue One, a friend of mine said exactly what you did. The way he put it was, he said, it's peak Vader. Think Jordan 1992. That's what Vader is. <laughs> and that, right? That's exactly what he said to me. Um, I don't know. What about you filling in the gap with that? And then tell me about Solo a little bit. Now, I have not seen Solo. So, um, Del, where should Rogue One and Solo go in your order? I think really... I mean, those are best, those, those are standalone movies, even though they cover a different time period. I think you're better off watching all nine episodes and then going back and filling in the gaps. Um, again, it's partly release order. I mean, obviously, um, the, the Skywalker, whatever they're calling it, the, the last three ones, the sequel trilogy, um, it, was, it was released in the middle of those. But I think it's fine to, you know, watch through the nine and then get a little bit of back information with Solo and Rogue One. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Solo. I, my hot take back in October was I did a movie ranking like yourself, and I had Rogue One as number one. I had Solo as number two, um, and that got some real controversial replies. I mean, I don't tweet politics, but I probably would have been better off tweeting something about <laughs> Donald Trump That's than, or That's something right. instead of uh, saying that I liked uh, Solo as the number two overall movie. But there's a little, probably a little bit of recency bias there. But I just I love Han Solo is my favorite character. Man, a whole movie devoted to his backstory. Um, I love the character. I mean, I love Harrison Ford, but I love the character of Han Solo. So I felt like that was well done enough for me to enjoy it. You know, so one of the things that I I didn't like was um, I didn't like the acting. I didn't really like Obi-Wan's character, believe it or not, in the first three, uh, the prequels. I I just, I didn't love the acting there. Um, It kind of hurt those movies for me. But, you know, you have people who say, oh, no, you know, they, they'll they tell you how great maybe that particular character. I read one review said, oh, my God, he made it or whatever. I didn't like that. But really, more than anything, maybe the dialogue was just a little bit off for me, too, for some of those movies. It, that's not why you watch Star Wars, right? Do you watch Star Wars because it's stars and wars or they're fighting in the stars? <laughs> but Josiah, you know, what did you think about, you know, as the franchise went on, the differences in the actors and the acting and the dialogue between the three different sets of characters, basically, with the trilogies? Um, it's it's totally different when you look at all three of them as you know these kind of the three parts of that nine part story. Um, if you look at the originals, George Lucas truly had a lot of helps. George Lucas, the creator writer of Star Wars, um, when it came to uh, script doctoring, he really had a lot of insight from uh, pretty well established Hollywood directors and producers. He had a really nice team around him uh, because Star Wars wasn't Star Wars yet, though it quickly became Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go back to the prequels, it almost felt like from what I understand and looking back and, and reading up um, and kind of just growing up with it is that a lot of people didn't want to get involved with it because they were worried about like, you know, how do you continue on something that 
as legendary as Star Wars. How, you know, if it's, if it's not good, if it's not on the level of those perceived, you know, original three, like your name is tied to that. Like famously, Ron Howard was asked to be a part of episode one in terms of uh, uh, directing it and he didn't want to do it. And then of course he comes back all these years later and, and does it with Solo. Um, so there was uh, a little bit of an issue when it came to some of the dialogue, uh, but I think that was more of George, you know, trying to do it relatively by himself. Um, and then we flash forward here to the sequel trilogy. So seven, eight, nine. And I thought for the most part, it was really good. Um, it found some of the campiness and some of the, the charm that you love from the originals, but it didn't altogether forget the prequels. So you've maybe found a nice blend there. And yeah. I, I love JJ Abrams. I think he did a great job with it. No, and and let me ask you this too, Indel. Um, one thing that kind of surprised me was, especially after they go and they they make, you know, we know how big Star Wars is originally. So Lucas goes back and he makes these other movies. Now I know that Liam Neeson. I, I had no idea Liam Neeson, by the way, was in one, two, three. I had no idea until I watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Liam Neeson, right? Now you do get those kinds of actors every once in a while, and of course, it started with Harrison Ford before he was really Harrison Ford. I mean, I looked it up. You know, considering Harrison Ford's like 90 now, by the way, which is incredible. Um, you know, so he's in his, what, 30s or something when he's making Star Wars. But really, they don't have big name actors in these movies. You go back to a lot of the ones and you would think, wouldn't you think that some of these, some of the big name actors wanted to get on board? Or do you know anything where maybe they just, um, they didn't, they avoided that maybe to make it more about the movie than it about the actor? I'm not really sure. Um, Josiah probably has a little bit more knowledge in terms of the history behind that, but I know when Star Wars was being first, you know, put together, like it wasn't made with a lot of money. You know, right. it was, it was right. a, it, there was no such thing as a Hollywood science fiction blockbuster really back then. Right. Maybe Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and that was it. Um, and maybe I, I might be wrong. Maybe that came after Star Wars, but um, so this was really what, that's what boy, I feel always made Star Wars so special was that it didn't rely on. A-list actors or even B-list actors. I think Harrison Ford was a carpenter before he, <laughs> he took on the role of Han Solo. I think he was in American Graffiti, which was another uh, George Lucas movie, but that was about it. And um, that was always what the charm about Star Wars. And I don't mind that they, they cast these you know familiar faces in the past 20 years and all the movies they've made now, but um, that was always the charm with uh, the original movies is that it wasn't a big deal about who was acting. And Josiah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Carrie Fisher's not Carrie Fisher without Star Wars. Right? I mean, she, you'd say, well, they have Carrie Fisher. Well, yeah, well, that's only because she was in Star Wars or how she got her name. Jimmy Smith, I watched on LA Law. I mean, he was in there. That's about it. But yeah, they, there's, as, as Del put it, they're lacking the A-list actors. Does that make that better for you? I think so. I th and I, I do think that was uh, something they, they intended to do. Now, I think when you look at the prequels, there is a, a large contingent of, of recognizable names, uh, both from stemming from maybe like a Ewan McGregor who really, really became a household name with Star Wars. And then a guy like Liam Neeson or, or mm -hmm. Sam Jackson, who's been in everything. Sure. Right. right. Uh, the story was he begged George Lucas to like make him a role. He's like, I gotta be in Star Wars. <laughs> um, There's actually an unwritten Hollywood rule law that says Samuel L. Jackson has to be in every franchise. <laughs> in some capacity. Right. I'm th see, that's what I mean though, Josiah, which is, I'm surprised more actors didn't go and say, I need to be attached to Star Wars. Look at how big this thing is. Sure. And I, you, if you look at the sequel trilogy, it's, it was back to those roots. You had Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, uh, Peter Mayhew, who was Chewbacca. Um, and of course, Harrison Ford with the sequel uh, trilogy, Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray, that was her first movie. Like that's insane. She was a bartender or uh, a server just a few years before that. Uh, John Boyega, 
like he literally had uh, one of those 12 inch like Han Solo action figures and mm-hmm. had Harrison Ford sign it on the set of Force Awakens. He sent in 14 audition tapes. He wanted to be a part of this so bad. So they kind of got back to that. And you had some some big names kind of surrounding in, in the background, but not, no one that was in maybe those three or four leading roles that was already a household name. So, by the way, Del Reed, Josiah Leroy, joining me here, South Sports and Stuff Podcast. If you're watching on video, thank you very much. If you're listening on audio, appreciate you uh, coming aboard here. We're not talking sports today. We're talking Star Wars. And I have watched all nine. I ranked my episodes. And when I did this, guys, of course, you know, like you said earlier, Del, you know, it's like tweeting politics. The, the flood comes in. And one thing that I've noticed is Star Wars fans are super passionate about Star Wars, but I get it. I mean, I cover sports. Bills fans are super passionate about Bill, the Bills, right? I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing, whatever it is. And some people were really super mad or offended that I had one movie over another. And some, I would say, though, that I got a lot of good feedback. People said, you know what? This is a good list. I might tweak this. I might tweak that. The one thing that people did not like, and you are one of them, Dell, who said, oh, man, just, just, you can't do this. I have Attack of the Clones ranked one spot higher than Revenge of the Sith. Now, neither of them are ranked very high on my list. I have them six and seven out of nine. But I'll tell you why. And I want to go back to Revenge of the Sith, to me, again, I don't know. It, the acting, I just I didn't, couldn't get into it a lot. Um, I like the name. Like, the name really appeals to you. Revenge of the Sith sounds cool. Attack of the Clones sounds like a stupid name. But actually, it was kind of like Gladiator in space to me. That's kind of why I liked Attack of the Clones. And I'm a Gladiator fan. So that's why I put that movie there above Revenge of the Sith. But I know that you would take issue with that. But how would you, maybe not even one through nine, but where maybe if you lump in your rankings, put these movies? Uh, the prequels? Or Any of them. Like, or- how, would you, how would you say, you know what, the first few are these guys, you know, whatever order, the next few are these guys, and then these other ones down here are not that good. Okay, I want to get some comments. I'll, I'll read off my top nine. Or the, yeah, go yeah, ahead if I'll you want to do it. So <laughs> I have Return of the Jedi as my number one. Okay. This is not counting Rogue One and Solo. Those are already above that. But, right. Uh, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back, which is Star Wars blasphemy, having it ranked the third out of the... Um, but the you, have the, you have the original three as your top three in some oh absolutely absolutely okay Okay. um then i have the force awakens revenge of the sith um and after this these are all all four of these are tied for last for me but uh (laughs) the uh the rise of skywalker the last jedi attack of the clones and the phantom menace i just those are the four that i you know have the for different reasons i have the least enthusiastic about Interesting. I really like the Last Jedi. Actually, I um I enjoyed that storyline. Uh, Josiah, what about you? What do you take issue with um, any of my rankings or Dell's? And you know, what do you? How do you have them ranked? You know, listen, guys. Before I talk about my rankings, I've lost friends over this. Not really. <laughs> uh, Dell's not wrong. I remember that conversation, and I it may have stemmed honestly from me posting my rankings. I don't know, but I like even Jerry White got involved. It was all over the place. Yep. Um. So. I no, I don't take offense to to either of your rankings. I, you know, everyone's got their opinion. That you know, that's that. That you know, that goes without saying. It is fun to kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. Dell's right. Like there are certain things that are almost like sacrilegious. I do not have Empire as number one on my list either. I have it kind of one A, if you will. Which again, like people just tear you up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sale. Like I'm looking at your list, and it's like I think it's very reasonable. Like any list is reasonable, but in terms of you've got a good mix, like you didn't show bias towards one trilogy or another for what it's worth. They're all kind of like intertwined. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so mine, um, 
and again, sacrilegious here, but Hey, I stand by it. Number one, I actually have uh the force awakens. Um, See, I like that more than, than Dell. You didn't like that that much based on your rankings. Well, I mean, I liked it more than revenge of the Sith. You right. know, um, <laughs> it's, it's outside of the original three. That's my, okay. my fourth one. So, yeah. okay. I have it. I have it above return of the Jedi. Actually go ahead, Josiah. So uh, I think, you know, my rankings do change from time to time over the years, but I think force awakens was just the, perfect time for me. And, you know, we're almost five years later and it still hasn't been dethroned, but in, in my, on my list. Um, so empire is second. Um, another, you know, depends on who you ask, uh, but I've actually got last Jedi number three on my list. And then it's kind of all over the place for the rest of it. And I could make an argument that all of them could move up or move down. Uh, but I've got, um, after last Jedi revenge of the Sith, um, I've got a new hope. I've got rise of Skywalker, which, you know, I've had to let stew a little bit here. Um, and then probably most controversial, I've got Attack of the Clones above Return of the Jedi and then Phantom mm-hmm. Menace. Again, this could change every few years and it depends on what new content comes out and makes me almost have a different perspective on the older films. Okay, so I think one of the things that happened here when I ranked them and I realized by, by, by really trying to take in all this feedback is if you rank them, and I tried to rank them on the movie, you know, how much I liked the movie. If it was just a movie, it didn't have nothing to do with, it was just standing alone, right? It was nothing to do with anything else that it was tied to, you know, how much I enjoyed that movie. Really, that's what my rankings were about. That's why I say, ah, the acting in this movie wasn't good. I liked these scenes in this movie. But I realized that, and I, I totally understandable, some people rank them based on how much they mean to the series and hey, this one really did this for you. And if you watch that, now you totally get it. Or boy, that one really, you know, wasn't a part. They didn't need to do that. So Del, you know, when you watch them, are you ranking them, I should say, based on the movie or what they mean to you as far as the franchise? Oh, <laughs> not to, you know, it's a crap right. out. But um, yeah, I, I think both because Return of the Jedi, I was in third grade when that came out. My parents took me to see it the night it came out. I was the coolest kid at school the next day when I get to tell all the kids that I would see Return of the Jedi the night before. So many memories, my, waiting in line in, in the rain with, under these giant golf umbrellas that my parents had uh, to get our tickets to go see the movie. So there's so much intertwined there, like, you know, in terms of my personal love. And then as Josiah said, like rankings change. For me, yep. The Force Awakens probably was my favorite movie um, out of, the, out of the, those nine at, at one point. But I was so disappointed, and Josiah and I have gone back and forth on this um, in, in terms of the sequel trilogy. Um, I was so disappointed in The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker that it just pulled The Force Awakens down for me just because it. I felt like they didn't finish. This is my, you know, who am I to tell filmmakers what to do with the way I wanted it to go, you know, so, the but, way but, I but thought it should have gone. You're doing that. You're saying like this what happened in one impacted the way you felt about another. Yeah, yeah. I can't fully enjoy The Force Awakens knowing that when they finally locate Luke in the next movie, which I thought it was brilliant to have Mm -hmm. that whole movie go and then you get to see Luke in the last shot. That's brilliant. That was was amazing. And they had him in all the marketing before it. It was so good. Um, So I have to wait two years. I finally see it. And he's back to being the whiny crybaby he was in episode four. And for me, that just, you know, I grew up, you know, fighting with my best friend, Jeremy, about who had to, who got to be Luke, who got to be Han Solo. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten older, like Han more, but <laughs> we always fought over who got to be Luke. And then, so like, this is like my, you know, my fictional hero growing up. And then he, he's a crybaby all over again. Uh, and so that, for me, that, that pulled it down. But uh, how, how did you, how do you rank them and feel about them, Josiah, when it's relation to like, 
like, is it like Dell where, you know, one can really have an impact on the other, or I'm just kind of judging them on the aesthetics of the movie. I think, uh, it's hard not to intertwine them a little bit when you're right, basing your, your rankings on the list here. Um, so a little bit with what Dell said, I think like the way I think about force awakens is I think back to that opening night and being in the theater and how just unbelievable it was to be there with however many star Wars fans who have waited yep. really not that long. It was 10 years since revenge of the Sith, but to see um, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and all most of the original back on screen to together again with how they were revealed kind of one by one throughout the movie and how they introduced all the new characters. Like I get goosebumps thinking about it. John Williams is back again. All of it was just so perfect in the way, even down to the end when Ray catches the lightsaber, when Kylo Ren's trying to get that Skywalker lightsaber, like it was just so completely epic. And then like Del said, at the very end of the movie, you finally get Luke Skywalker and you're like, Oh my goodness, I got to wait two years to see this. Um, had I not liked Last Jedi very much, I think I'd be in the same boat as Dell. You know, I, I, I'd have to drag it down a few. And it's funny because that first viewing of Last Jedi, I had a lot of problems with it. But when I saw it again, something just clicked for me. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I understand where Ryan Johnson was going. And I, I just loved it. It was a total 180. So it can happen. <laughs> well, and, and, and let me tell you why I did not like The Rise of Skywalker. And... Um, this actually is kind of on the lines of the other movies impacting it. It's not because of how it related to the other movies. I felt like I'd seen the story 10 times already, right? Like, I mean, The Rise of Skywalker, to me, was the same story I'd seen in other Star Wars, which is the, the good versus evil, and, you know, you're going to come to my side, I'm going to come to your side, and all of that. It was just packaged differently. I think it was a really good movie, but by that time, I'm like, I'm kind of not really feeling anything special about this movie. Do you think that's fair, Josiah? Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think they had some some roadblocks with it. They they did, you know, J.J. Abrams came in. They originally had Colin Trevorrow, who did uh, Jurassic World. And, you know, something wasn't jiving there. You had the death of Carrie Fisher in December of 2016, I believe, right, which yeah. they would have just finished The Last Jedi. So they got all her stuff in. They didn't change course with what they did in Last Jedi. So now you were really going to be put in a, a pickle when it came to what you had to do to write around her. Because you weren't going to do a CG character. You obviously weren't going to recast her. So there was a lot going against them. And then there, despite how well uh, Last Jedi was received from a critical standpoint and a commercial, you know, going over a billion dollars in sales, um, it, there was a lot of fan debate online. You know, people maybe more like Dell who just, it, it didn't hit right with them. Um, so I think it was tough and maybe there was a little fatigue there. It was the fifth Star Wars movie in five years. So it, Rise of Skywalker, I think if you can describe it in one word, for better or worse, is safe. Yeah, I get it. And that's, that's the only reason. I took a lot of grief for not liking that. And I, I just, by the time I got there, I'm like, yeah, it really didn't, there wasn't much of a storyline to me that, that was new. And, that, and that's kind of why I did that. But I can totally understand, like, it actually was a good movie. But that's the one that did impact it, not because of how it tied into the others. I just felt like it wasn't doing anything uh, new for me. Josiah Leroy, Del Reed, joining me here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Thanks for uh, tuning in on video. We don't have too much time left. We don't want to keep everybody. Uh, I know that we could talk Star Wars and you guys could all day and all night. That's for sure. A couple of things uh, I do want to get to. Uh, before we move on, though, let's talk about the future of Star Wars. And um, Josiah, you can tell me like what you might know about plans. I have no idea. I don't get into this stuff. You know, I mean, if it's if it's Syracuse basketball recruiting, I can tell you what's going on. But <laughs> if it's Star Wars future, I don't really know um, what is going to happen. What do you think should happen? 
Um, I imagine at some point down the road, we, you know, everything comes back full circle and we get another trilogy connected to what we've got with the Skywalker saga. It's always billed as the end of the, the saga, but then we get three more 10 to 15 years later. Uh, right. But in the more immediate future, Disney's got a lot going on with Disney Plus, uh, where we'll see more TV-based, uh, like episodic uh, series. So we've got Ewan McGregor coming back as Kenobi. We've got The Mandalorian, which is super popular. And then um, in terms of the big screen, Ryan Johnson, actually, so he did The Last Jedi, wrote and directed that. He's got uh, a trilogy that he is supposedly going to write and direct. Um, that No time frame on that. And then most recently, uh, Taika Waititi was announced that he is going to be uh, in charge of a... It sounds like a standalone Star Wars movie. We don't know much about it. But if you don't know Taika, um, he was the guy behind Thor Ragnarok, which happens to be one of mine and Dell's favorite movies probably ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, there's there's lots on the horizon. I think there's lots they just haven't uh, announced yet, and they're letting the, the dust settle here. And for for you, Dell, uh, Mandalorian and uh, Clone Wars. Tell me a little bit about. Well, tell the listeners in case they're unfamiliar, like I am. I have not seen either yet. And you know, how should we treat those? Well, I'll, I'll let Josiah speak to Clone Wars because I've not watched through them all. Okay. So I'd be doing okay. a disservice to that that fact. But Mandalorian is great. It's a uh, it takes place after Return of the Jedi, and it's all about the uh, you know kind of what happened after that a little bit. And uh, it's it's really enjoyable, really well done. It's done by uh, John Favreau, who yep. um, the creator of the Iron Man series, you know, which spawned the whole MCU for Marvel and everything. Uh, it's got a, a bunch of different guest directors. Uh, real quick synopsis, you know, first three episodes are great. Last two or three are great. In the middle, it turns into like a little... How many episodes eight. are there? Uh, how many are there, Josiah? Is it eight? Eight. eight. It's yeah. one season. Eight, it's like one, one eight, eight episode yeah. run. That's yeah. it. How yeah. long is each episode? About, it, it varied between 40 minutes to like a little over an hour each episode. Do you need to watch this to kind of fill in blanks on this no, um, the, no. on the franchise? And this is the future I hope Star Wars goes in. Okay. It's, it's just its own story that happens in the universe. I mean, for crying out loud, it's a giant galaxy with all these planets. You look at the Senate. There's this giant Senate that they're talking to in the prequels. All those story, all those worlds have stories. And this is a little bit of that. All right. And then um, Clone Wars. Go ahead, Josiah. Uh, so Disney Plus just wrapped up uh, the end of the Clone Wars. It was season seven. Um, over, so as I mentioned, seven seasons, it's a lot to get to. I don't necessarily say, you know, go and binge the entire thing. There are certain story arcs that you, you can even Google and recommend the, the top ones because they typically would go for three or four episodes at a time. Um, the beauty is they wrap uh, between episode two and episode three. Um, in terms of Re Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and they lead like right up to Revenge of the Sith. So the the last four episodes in particular that just came out uh, in the last few weeks, uh, some of the best Star Wars mater material we've gotten in, in the last few years, if ever. Um, so I, I would say dabble in that a little bit um, and and make work your way around that, and then also Rebels. Uh, Rebels yeah. is nice. That's closer to the A New Hope time frame. Both of those are on Disney Plus. And as much as I talked about dialogue and acting uh, being poor in some movies, you know what they're great in is the Lego Star Wars series. The act, yes, the dialogue, yeah. the writing in Lego Star Wars is amazing. It is hilarious. It is funny. I love those. I, I would recommend watching that, but I, not for kids necessarily. There's some, there's some adult humor in there that goes along, but I love those as well. All right, before we get out of here, i got a couple minutes left uh, with you guys. Um, favorite and least favorite character of the entire Star Wars franchise. I'll start with you, Dell, and why? Okay, um, I'm a super nerd. Like, I've read over 100 Star Wars books, and that's part of my beef when Disney bought the franchises. They negated a bunch of that 
canon. But I5YQ, if anybody has ever read any of the Clone Wars novels, he's a protocol droid. He uh, it, it, He's hilarious. I won't go into too much time, but look him up. He's really funny. Okay. Uh, in terms of the, the movies, Han Solo, you know, hands down. Okay, gotcha. Go ahead. Josiah. I uh, can't argue with Dell there. Han Solo is an amazing pick. And as I've gotten older, I've really gravitated towards him more than Luke. Um, overall, I think if you look in the entire saga and growing up, uh, Yoda is it for me from a light side standpoint. And then if you look at a dark side character, um, it's, it's Darth Maul. And I've loved how yeah. much he's appeared in all the, the properties over the years since uh, what was an alleged death in episode one. So can't go wrong there too. No, no doubt. Um, Vader, I love Vader. Um, Han Solo obviously is great from that side of things. I was always a big Boba Fett fan when growing up. Then I didn't realize how much he really wasn't in anything until like, <laughs> for like like five scenes and he's done, right? And I'm like, okay. But I was a big Boba Fett fan growing up. Jaja Binks, not the guy, not the character for me, for sure. You know, not the guy, the way he talks like that. Okay, we got less than a minute because I got to wrap up on Zoom here. They're going to kick me off and then we'll get the podcast, sales, sports and stuff. Uh, real quickly, Dell, tell everybody where they can find you and what you're all about. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Del Reed. That's, you know, and then 26shirts.com. Check out the shirts we have there. We got Star Wars related merch there. So check it out as well. And uh, Josiah, you too. Uh, I am at Josiah DeLaRoy all over uh, social media. And you can find uh, the Geekiverse at www.thegeekiverse.com. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great talking Star Wars with you. Yeah, thank you, Sal. Thanks for having me on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.